Hello and welcome to the Lancet Global Health Podcasts. My name is Nina Putnas and it's March 2022. Today I'm talking to Rashida Tukamara and Tom Wingfield about their research on multi-drug resistant tuberculosis or MDR-TB in Sierra Leone. They are two authors on the original research paper called Social and Health Factors Associated with Adverse Treatment Outcomes Among People with Multidrug Resistant Tuberculosis in Sierra Leone, a National Retrospective Cohort Study, now published online on the Lancet Global Health website. Dr. Rashida Fuad Kamara is a medical doctor and public health specialist. She's a public health candidate at the Rey Juan Carlos University in Madrid, associate lecturer at the College of Medicine and Allied Health Sciences at the University of Sierra Leone, clinical lead for MDR-TB in Lacquer Hospital in Freetown, and a consultant at WHO for Health Emergencies. Dr. Tong Wingfield is an infectious disease consultant physician and senior clinical lecturer at the Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine in the UK and an honorary research associate at Karolinska Institute in Sweden. Tom is also a consultant for WHO. He is a consultant on catastrophic costs of TB and a founding member of the Health and Social Protection Action Research and Knowledge Sharing, Sparks Network, and leads the LIV TB Research Collaboration. Rashida, Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Nina. Thanks for having us. So by way of a little bit of background, your paper retrospectively reviews a cohort of 365 individuals with MDR-TB attending a healthcare facility, Lacquer Hospital, in Sierra Leone between April 2017 and September 2019. You were able to look at certain factors recorded about their health and background, including age, weight, HIV status, other chronic health conditions, and details about their TB diagnosis and their TB treatment. You found that certain factors, which we're going to discuss today, increase the risk of negative outcomes, including death. This is important because it can help health system and service decision makers to improve services and consider prevention in a bit of a broader manner. This is also the first national cohort study published on MDR-TB from Sierra Leone and adds vital information to a well-known issue that remains nevertheless understudied in West Africa and indeed globally. So, Rashida, Tom, you know, as we know, according to the WHO, almost 10 million people fell ill and 1.5 million people died of TB in 2020. Now, that's all TB, but drug-resistant TB forms a significant part of these numbers, as we know. Multi-drug-resistant TB is really, really challenging. So to start with, can you give some background on MDR-TB in Sierra Leone? A little bit about the scale of the problem and efforts to manage it so far. Um, thank you, Nina. Um, I agree with you. MDR-TB, TB in general, is actually a problem. MDR-TB in Sierra Leone and West Africa is actually an increasing problem, and it's changing the dynamics of the TB epidemic. Out of the 30 high-burden countries for, MDR, for TB, eight are in West Africa, and um, Sierra Leone is among them. It is quite interesting to know that Despite this, West African country has not been designated a high MDR-TB burden, and I strongly believe this is because of um, lack of testing. 
Previous drug resistance surveys in West Africa that tested all TB sputum samples for drug resistance TB showed a higher rate of drug resistance TB than what WHO estimates. About 10 years ago, MDR TB was a disease that was feared in Sierra Leone due to high rates of um, treatment failure or death. Uh, we started the MDR-TB program in 2017, and since then we have registered 663 people with MDR-TB from a population of 7.5 million. Let me estimate um, to say that these 663 people are just those that can access treatment services. It is likely that there are other people with MDR-TB who might not have access to care, and remain unaccounted for, some of whom may have died. In Sierra Leone, the majority of people with MDR-TB are those that had previous treatment for drug-sensitive TB, which means that most of them have acquired drug resistance while on treatment. And this is usually due to challenges with poor adherence and treatment failure. I brought this up because it is important to emphasize that in order for us to address MDR-TB, we must also ensure that people with drug-sensitive TB are supported to keep taking their medication and to be cured. Um, just a brief background on Sierra Leone. It's a country that is um, among the low-income countries, and we have um, low infrastructure and uh, developmental challenges are numerous, especially with um, a protracted civil war and the Ebola outbreak. Geographically, we are, we are surrounded by mountains and rivers, and this makes access to treatment very difficult. And as such, we have many undeserved, underserved sorry, communities. As such, many people have limited access to healthcare for TB diagnosis, and due to these, people are challenged with accessing treatment facilities. So I strongly believe the key challenges to addressing MDLTB in Sierra Leone are associated with poverty, constrained healthcare access, limited diagnostics, and the stigma that is still prevalent among TB patients. Thank you, Rashida, for that really, really helpful background on TB in Sierra Leone. Now, focusing in a little bit on the study, this was a cohort study recruiting people notified with MDR-TB, as I said, between 2017 and 2019. MDR-TB is very difficult to manage and requires long and complex treatments. Could you explain to us what the treatment options are for this cohort and what are some of the issues with these treatments? We actually followed the WHO 2016 guidelines for MDR-TB treatment. And uh, this included daily injections of antibiotics, which are called the aminoglycosides, and a combination of all the multiple oral antibiotics. And based on the weight of the patient, a single patient will have to swallow up to 17 pills per day for a period of 9 to 11 months or up to 18 to 24 months depending on their treatment regimen. Um, uh, both for people with MDR-TB and the health system, um, we actually faced multiple um, challenges to successfully treat this patient. One of them, as I'd mentioned, is um, compliance to treatment because of the long duration and the cocktail of drugs. And uh, secondly, is the psychosocial and socioeconomic impact. 
you know, this patient had to be confined for a period of about four to six months for treatment. And uh, in many cases, we actually saw a male pre um, predominance um, cohort of patients. And uh, as you know, back in Africa, men are the breadwinners of their family. And uh, these patients had to go out to fend for their families. So they would go for days interrupting their treatment. So these are some of the issues um, we also had. Another thing that I would like to bring out is the fact that TB is still a disease associated with stigma significantly. And uh, we also had issues, especially when everyone knew that Laka Hospital is a tuberculosis center. And um, uh, lastly, what I want to mention is the fact that when we started, we had only Laka Hospital, which um, was in the which is in the outskirts of Freetown. Um, but now we are trying to decentralize treatment, and so far we have another hub to manage MDLTB in the northern part of the country. Thank you, Rashida. Now, you've mentioned a couple of times now the link between TB and people's social situation. TB and, and of course, multidrug resistant TB has long been recognized to be intrinsically linked to socioeconomic background. I mean, put simply, like many other conditions, it is caused and exacerbated by poverty in related life circumstances. So really importantly in this study, you looked at health and social factors associated with adverse outcomes. What did you find and did anything surprise you? Thanks, Nina. Um, yeah, so uh, over the last three years, Rashida and I, we, with our colleagues, co-authors on the paper, we worked to analyse the detailed programmatic information that had been collected by Rashida's MDRTB team um, to try and look at the associations between these health and social factors and adverse MDRTB treatment outcomes in Sierra Leone. I think it's useful for your listeners to know that when we talk about adverse outcomes, what we mean in reality is someone with MDRTB who died or who was lost to follow up, which means that we just never saw them again clinically. They never attended a clinic or a hospital again or their sputum tests, their spit tests showed that the treatment wasn't working. So the TB bug was still growing. And what we found in our analysis that, that age of 45 to 64 years old, severe underweight, which we defined as a body mass index, which was less than 16.5 units, untreated HIV, so people who were not on antiretroviral therapy, chronic lung disease, multiple courses of previous drug-sensitive TB treatment, and receiving the long regimen, so 18 to 24 months that Rashida mentioned earlier, were all independently associated with a higher likelihood of death, lost a follow-up or the treatment not working. We did supplementary analysis, which also suggested that people with MDRTB who became deaf as a side effect of the aminoglycosides, which are these intravenous antibiotics that Rashida mentioned, were also more likely to have adverse MDRTB outcomes. I suppose one surprising finding from the supplementary analysis was also that um, people who had resistance to an MDRTB medicine called protheonamide were also more likely independently to have adverse MDRTB treatment outcomes. And we're actually unsure of the reasons behind this, but, but it does seem to provide some support for a previous WHO recommendation that um, in areas or in amongst people with resistance to protheonamide or another MDRTB medicine called pyrazinamide, that actually we should consider alternative regimens to the short treatment regimen. 
All of these findings are important as they identify social and health factors that we may be able to address with targeted interventions towards those most uh, in need so that we can improve the, the health and socioeconomic outcomes of people with MDRTB, especially the most vulnerable, and hopefully we can thereby reduce transmission. Thanks, Tom. There's obviously so much that we could talk about in terms of those findings. But just to focus in on one, you mentioned that chronic lung conditions significantly negatively impact on treatment outcomes. Now, this is interesting as it potentially points to crossovers in communicable and non-communicable disease, with some suggestions maybe towards prevention, like reducing air pollution or, or reducing smoking. What do you think the wider potential implications are to this finding? I suppose we talked about the inextricable link between TB and poverty. And we also know that by and large, more impoverished, poorer individuals and communities are more likely to suffer a disproportionate burden of non-communicable diseases. So I think if you bring things full circle, non-communicable diseases are a key determinant of TB. And the, the WHO Global TB report from last year estimates that actually 3 million of the world's 10 million annual TB cases that you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast can be attributed to a combination of diabetes, tobacco use and undernourishment. So as you said, the, the non-communicable diseases are extremely important in how we address TB. And I think that's a staggering figure, that 3 million. And it doesn't even take into account the number of cases that might be attributable to other factors such as household smoke exposure, environmental pollution, which themselves are huge causes of lung disease and indeed death. So our study did find that chronic lung disease was independently associated with adverse MDR-TB treatment outcomes, such as death and loss to follow-up or failure of treatment. But I do think we have to be a little cautious in our interpretation of that finding. And the reason for that is that we didn't formally diagnose people with chronic lung disease using, uh, for example, lung tests like spirometry. Um, rather, what we did is we used the programmatic data that Rashida and colleagues had, such as self-reported chronic lung disease or medical notes that we found that showed a diagnosis of chronic lung disease, but also chest x-ray findings that we felt to be compatible with chronic lung disease, such as emphysema or bronchiectasis. I think also another reason we have to be cautious in our interpretation of the finding is that there may be other health and social factors that themselves are associated or cluster with having chronic lung disease, such as, I'd say importantly, having had previous TB, because we know having had previous TB, TB damages the lungs, and that may have actually been influencing the, the finding and the influence on MDR-TB treatment outcomes. So I'd say, to, to put it bluntly, what our findings highlight is that we can't end TB without addressing poverty and non-communicable diseases such as chronic lung disease. Uh, and more broadly, integrated interventions and policy and programmes that aim to reduce exposure to air pollution and smoke to prevent NCDs, non-communicable diseases, and mitigate their consequences, but also to combat prevalent infectious diseases such as HIV and TB, as we've seen in the case of Sierra Leone uh, and definitely in other sub-Saharan African countries. Those integrated interventions are likely to be much more impactful to people's health, well-being and socioeconomic status than a single intervention that's focused on TB alone. And, and that's why I think it's critical that, that we have evaluate our progress towards ending TB in the context of our progress towards achieving the sustainable development goals, especially no poverty and zero hunger. As you've just 
perfectly outlined. <clears throat> Your study provides really important insights into the current state of TB and causation of, of MDR-TB or risk factors of MDR-TB in Sierra Leone. What would you say, and you've already mentioned some of these, but what would you say are the immediate implications for your findings for the care of conditions in the country? Uh, thanks again. Um, this study was done in collaboration with colleagues from the National Leprosy and Tuberculosis and Control Program in Sierra Leone, and currently we're having discussions with them on the implications of our findings. In my opinion, I strongly think that um, the ministry should consider MDR-TB a public health emergency in Sierra Leone and pay keen attention to, to the paper's recommendations in order to develop meaningful and sustainable policies to optimize patient care with the limited resources that are available to us. Quite frankly, in Sierra Leone, MDR-TB is very much underestimated and the consequences are underrated. Sierra Leone, like I've repeatedly said, is a low-income um, country and uh, one of the associated um, factors for TB is poverty. The Health Development Index for Sierra Leone will not change overnight. So we are strongly advocating for appropriate and adequate measures uh, to prevent and manage drug-sensitive TB and multidrug-resistant TB. Indeed, um, providing quality care to people with drug-sensitive TB must be a priority so as to reduce the burden of acquired MDR-TB. In our studies, we noted that the case fatality rate for MDR-TB is still significantly high, with one out of five people dying. And what is more alarming is the fact that the death we noted were among the productive years of between 45 to 64 years. And uh, we'd also need to consider the side effects of these drugs, which have um, lifelong implications, both clinically and socioeconomically. Um, for the integration of care, we also noted that some of those patients who had untreated HIV were also among those that were dying. So, in as much as Sierra Leone is providing integrated care for HIV and tuberculosis, there are still significantly huge gaps in harmonizing and sustaining the treatment of people with MDLTB. So, I think these are factors that should be considered to support um, for the future treatment. Absolutely. Thank you, Rashida. Now, we've mentioned a couple of times now, and rightly so, the link between poverty and other socioeconomic factors and contracting TB and in worse outcomes. But this is a real challenge to alleviate within a health system because, of course, it's linked to wider economics and politics, etc. Now, how do you suggest this could be tackled in Sierra Leone? Or if I may ask a related but much broader question, what are the challenges or solutions to this for the global community working on stopping TB? This is quite an interesting question. Tackling poverty in Sierra Leone is quite ambiguous and I do not want to sound um, pessimistic. But quite frankly, the end to poverty in my beloved country is nowhere in sight. Uh, this is a discussion I have on a daily basis with colleagues and try not to be emotional. I was born in a failed state which has continued to fail its people due to poor leadership. This poor leadership is seen in all facets of life and for us in the health sector, it is very discouraging. 
were one of the countries um, globally with the highest maternal and infant mortality rate and uh, the lowest life expectancy. Following a long civil war epidemic such as the Ebola and other natural disasters, um, uh, the recovery is very, very slow and our economy continues to have a swing fall. Um, tackling poverty will only be possible when the people understand that it is their right to have a better life. I'll not want to say much on this because I might plunge deep into political issues. But let me say this. If the political landscape is to be corrected, the people will have to understand that it is in their own hands. And if the political landscape is not corrected, we will never have a good and sustainable economy that will improve the lives of our people. Thank you for such an honest response to that, as you say, very complicated question. Now, if I may, for the final question, move away from TB specifically, but talk more broadly about drug resistance. So MDR-TB, of course, is an important example of antimicrobial resistance, something that's likely to become an increasing problem across multiple conditions across the world, sometimes called the silent pandemic. What do you think the learning from MDR-TB could be across antimicrobial resistance more widely? I agree with you, Nina. Um, MDR-TB is one of the top five causes of mortality related to antimicrobial resistance globally. Uh, despite this, MDR-TB remains under-acknowledged, under-researched, and underfunded. Most of the people with MDR-TB that we treated in Sierra Leone had acquired MDR-TB as a result of issues that were related to non-compliance, inappropriate um, prescription and use of drugs, and repeatedly failing regimens, all of which led to previous treatment failure of their drug-sensitive TB. The consequences shown in a paper in the reality I see daily are very glaring. A negative impact on quality of life for both the short and long term. And on also we would, would uh, that would result in unnecessary losses of life. It is important not only to ensure successful treatment of drug-sensitive TB, but to rule out shorter, less toxic, better tolerated, and all oral treated um, treatment regimens for MDR TB. Um, uh, lastly, I think improving healthcare worker education, integrating HIV and TB services. Enhancing active case findings, access to quick, reliable testing facilities, providing food and socioeconomic support, and developing integrated programs, not only for HIV and TB, but also for other infectious and non-communicable diseases, will be very vital to improve TB cure rates and reducing drug resistance. I'm sorry, I'm actually talking about MDR-TB, but I'm just using it as um, an example for um, antimicrobial resistance. And um, I think these are all the actions that are entirely relevant to addressing antimicrobial resistance, especially from what we have seen with the management of MDR-TB. Thank you, Rashida. Absolutely so relevant and so important. Thank you for outlining that for us. I'm afraid, unfortunately, this is all we have time for today. Thank you so much, both of you, for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the Lancet Global Health Podcast. Thank you again. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Nina.
Thank you also to the listeners. For those of you who would like to know or do more to NTB, World Tuberculosis Day is coming up on the 24th of March. Um, If you'd like to read the full study we've been discussing today, you can find it online on the Lancet Global Health website. Thanks for listening.